Hey friends, this is your host Kyle. Uh, I just wanted to take a quick second and apologize for my audio for the first about 20 minutes of this podcast. Uh, do I know what happened? No. Does it sound like shit? Uh, kind of, but it gets better after about the 20 minute mark, so just stick with me. And no, I can't explain how that happened either, but anywho, enjoy the show. It, that, that one's in memory of, of uh, the Pog Champ, who's been banned. Yes, clap. for his responsibilities in yesterday's news. Uh, we all saw him taking pictures in the Capitol. Um, he was sitting at Nancy Pelosi's desk, Pog Champ, and so he must be held he was, accountable for his crimes. He, he was doing the face. <laughs> Just, everyone was standing around being like, do the face, man! <laughs> I mean, might as well have been. Might as well have been. Anger, sexual lust, the sorts of things that you experience when you're playing a video game. All these concepts originated with Karl Marx. Sexual lust. Hello, you filthy fucking animals, and welcome to another episode of Agab. All gamers are bastards. I'm your host, Kay, and I am joined, as per usual, by my co-host, Kyle. What's going on, Kyle? I am uh, inside of KGB headquarters, and this video game is trying to make me leave. Uh, oh. Oh, no. That's terrible. It's, 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 tell, it's, tell it no. I want to stay. <laughs> I, uh, um... I'm doing well, all things considered. Uh, things being, well, we're recording on January 7th. Um, so th- <laughs> things being a lot of things. But I'm doing all right. How, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, I, uh, I, I've been playing good video games uh, to sort of cool off after playing the game we're going to discuss a little later <laughs> palate cleanser, which has yeah. been good a little palate cleanser yeah uh to remind myself that no human humans can make good art that isn't just a fucking nightmare uh theme park ride and what um, have you been playing very quickly i'm curious i have been playing uh in fact this was recommended by you on our last episode i think i've been playing adam rpg which is, uh, it's sort of like, uh, it, it's very heavily based on the first two fallouts, but it's, uh, legally distinct from, and what if it was from the Soviet perspective, uh, which has been very interesting, uh, seeing, uh, seeing this setting where you've got a lot of characters where they've got a lot of mixed feelings about the Soviet Union, um, it's the setting is a little different because it's it's set like 19 years after the nukes fall, uh, unlike the Fallout games, which are often like you know hundreds. Um, so it's still the USSR is in living memory for a lot of people, so they actually have opinions about it, uh, often colored somewhat by the role that the USSR plays in the nuclear uh, apocalypse, right. of course. So it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's a good, well written. I would say, a game that actually tries to grapple with the world that it's built in a meaningful and useful way. I think the way that the thing I like the most about Adam RPG is summed up in a 
DM conversation we were having where I referred to it as an incredibly Eastern European game. Uh, yeah, big time. <laughs> it really is. It's it's bleak. Bleak as fuck, basically. But no, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I've been playing, we discussed it, uh, Going Under recently, which is uh, mm-hmm. this uh, dungeon crawler set in what's essentially a Silicon Valley uh, company, and you you play an unpaid intern who is hired on to do, uh, as she says, uh, um, the thing I have a degree in, um, but you end up actually what unpaid interns do is go dungeon crawling to kill the monsters that live in the basement of this company. Um, I've heard that, it's yeah. Really, That's what you do. It's really fun. Um, it's hard. Um, I can see the gameplay at some point maybe getting repetitive, but they keep changing it up to where, like, and the story is really funny. It's well-written, well-designed, pretty game. Yeah, I think those are two recommendations. It's good to get those in up front because today we're going to be talking about something that uh, is, uh, I mean, for on the this is the first we talk about some games on this podcast that I really don't think unless you can get it for cheap and or free, mostly free, um, that they're all the time worth playing. Um, so far, yeah. I'd say give a crack at just about everything that we've talked about if you're interested in it um i mean even far cry that's you know if, if you feel like it why not but i think this is the first yeah game that we're going to talk about to where we're both explicitly i would imagine not to speak for us both but uh going to say don't play don't play this fucking game don't play it yeah um sorry hang on just one second i'll go for it Hey, sorry about that. No worries. Um, uh, yeah, I, I would say, uh, do not uh, play this game. Do not purchase this game. For the love of God, uh, it's 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 from hell. <laughs> it is a hell game. And not in like the cool way. No, no. It and it was never gonna be like it was always it was always bound to be bad. Call of Duty since very early on, yeah. and we'll get into it later. But uh, has always had some uh, you know some fucked up shit going on. But in this case, uh, play the games that we just talked about instead of what we're going to talk about today, because um, we would like to protect your brains um, from this game. Because oh, buddy. It's a it's a doozy, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. But in the meantime, do we have any uh, maybe more lighthearted news? Oh yes. <laughs> speaking of incredibly lighthearted news, and honestly, speaking of Call of Duty, um, I'll have to ask our listeners to sit tight with us for a quick second because um, the news will, I would say, be relevant. Um, but it's as I said earlier, we're talking about we're talking on January seventh, um, a day after um, after a uh, a rally in Washington D.C. to as they say stop the steal, which means mm-hmm. how in the United States after the presidential election, the sitting president, outgoing president Donald Trump, uh, game show host Donald Trump, sitting president 
uh, is uh, claiming that there's instances of election fraud um, and of uncounted ballots and all of this other stuff. That's just not true. Um, uh, they gathered in Washington, D.C. Trump assembled in front of a very large group of his supporters um, and spoke to them uh and after which these uh, a great deal of these supporters broke off and began to uh, storm the Capitol building, um, which is where the U.S. Senate at the time was meeting to certify the Electoral College results and uh, um, certify Joe Biden's win. Um, well, the, yeah. the Senate chambers were evacuated um, while a bunch of yahoos, including a lot of Proud Boys um, and various other right-wing chutteries, um, you know, stomped around and took pictures of themselves and you know sat in nancy pelosi's office and you know really like <laughs> found themselves like children on a playground um which is well i, lo- I love how they had no plan uh, other than get in there like they got in there and they were like oh huh uh i guess i'll take a selfie i don't really well i mean the selfies so the selfies were the plan really they're really you're you're a hundred percent correct which is why when you get in there, you see well, – well, let me back up one quick second because as this was all happening, um, as the uh, Capitol Police were assembling to try and remove these people from the building, Donald Trump took to Twitter, you know, as he knows best, and posted a video simultaneously while urging these supporters to go home and uh, – <laughs> <laughs> respect our people in law and order i think is the quote he said you have to go home now we have to respect our great people in law and order um all the while our great people we have to respect them all the while in this message still repeating the same they stole they stole this from us they stole it from you the same talking points as before but what's really really remarkable some people have commented on this but he ended the message by saying this to his supporters. He said the words, we love you, you're very special. And I'll drop these clips in um, later. <laughs> but, uh, and, and, and this, is, this, is, this is why the events of yesterday are related to video games. And Kay actually managed to inadvertently bring up the other important point uh, about this new news item, which is the selfies. There's an article in Slate there's a reporter who was inside of the Capitol and who, uh, you know, published their findings today. And I skimmed through it a little bit earlier. And uh, this reporter also had remarked on the, uh, uh, the the fact that the Trump supporters got inside and seemed to their main goal seemed to be taking pictures of themselves inside of the Capitol. Yeah. Um, and Donald Trump understood this. And Donald Trump knew who he was who he was talking to. Donald Trump, throughout the entire presidential election, there was a big talking point of people trying to get him to admit that he knew who the Proud Boys were um, or that he affiliated with the Proud Boys. Well, of course, Donald Trump knows yeah. who the Proud Boys were. He's always known. When he denied it or when he or when he disavows them, he knows who they are. He knows they support him. They're basically like they're like they're like like they're like if if a kindergartner tried to draw the brown shirts like, the, the, like <laughs> yeah the, yeah like, it has been this very childish game though of being like oh we got to get him to admit admit it if he says it then we got him it, ex- okay exactly and this is the point that i really want to make with this news item is that there's this significant part of our contemporary politics that are relegated to the realm of culture 
And by culture, I mean something that exists outside and as a manifestation from the the socioeconomic world. The way that our society is constructed and the way that our economy is run creates this particular kind of culture that people sort of glob onto and use to construct and identify their own subjectivity. And we live in a very profoundly alienated world. And now what people have in order to self-identify and construct their subjectivity are these empty cultural signifiers that ultimately boil down to like the most base libidinal development. Uh, it, it boils down to childhood development in so many ways. Uh, Trump as this paternalistic figure um, affirming and recognizing the desires um, uh, of these subjects and then in turn like completely capturing that by emphasizing them as the object of his desire as well you're special Mm -hmm. we love you and this is like this this stuff is completely related to the video game that we're going to talk about today because there's there's something profoundly horrific about the way that call of duty especially the black ops series centers the player as the object of its desires while you go and do war crimes because we don't like these are i'm not saying that the people who stormed the capitol are justified in their alienation and that's how they were subjected to this ideology or whatever no they're hu- they're they're hu- free human agents we all have historical and human agency uh we just are subjected to these various historical contingencies and that's how these things end up happening the people who were storming the capitol today weren't weren't yesterday weren't uh, disgruntled working class proletarians who were misguided into right wing ideology no a lot of them were fucking like a, an official in the Oregon Republican Party like these are like fu- mm. this is like the fucking boat dealership class these are the, this is the bourgeois these are petite bourgeois yeah. and bourgeois fucks the the proud boys uh i mean there was other groups there but the proud boys are like notoriously petty bourgeois mm. like it's the middle the insofar as they're sort of made up of these disparate sort of sects of of capitalist society the middle class has long been kind of the support base of fascism and whenever you you go to these far-right things for all the narrative building about how it's all these these fucking ignorant rural hicks or whatever it's that's a bunch of fucking like middle class assholes man who always who else can afford to drive from arkansas to washington dc on a wednesday are you fucking kidding me like they're like rural, like people who live in a holler like people people who live like basically down a creek and in between two mountains with a, with you know like six other families or whatever aren't driving over to arkansas to stop the steal this is the same yeah. like a, like it's it, it's the same ideological gestures of the ruling class and using it to then become their own fucking muscle but the thing that's so pathetic and sad about it is that they didn't like it's just as you were saying, okay? They get they got in there and they didn't know what to do, and so they just started taking pictures and posting it on Instagram, mm-hmm. like. And now they're probably getting nice visits and phone calls, or probably visits from the FBI, 
because they do because they're so unbelievably separated from the what is actually happening in the world not only are they able to swallow all of Donald Trump's garbage to the point they're able to some of some of them in defense of their own class interests but some of them probably in spite thereof this is the, the we are we are just tap dancing around Antonio Gramsci here so I need to say the word Gramsci Gramsci you gotta um, say it. The, we're, this is all. This is an incredibly Gramscian conversation, and it's important to introduce yeah. him here. This was not. The, while these were these were petit bourgeois fox, certainly, and while like there are, this was, and while there are a, a, a diversity and a plurality of opinions among working people, just like all other groups. Like let's face it. Um, while we are all subjected to these various historical contingencies in one way or another, they're like the reactionary thought that develops in this realm of culture are so inextricably c connected to our contemporary politics that this should alarm people. And more than anything, it's connected to one of the biggest industries that is producing culture and helping people construct their subjectivity and construct helping construct the desires of individual agents in such a way to where like this is what <laughs> honestly president trump saying that stuff and call of duty are absolutely related to each other because call of duty is the best-selling first-person shooter of all time is the fourth best-selling video game franchise of all time and mm -hmm. if you play the campaign modes in these fucking games i know that they're not made for the campaign modes thus why the campaign mode was such trash but if you play these games i like all you all the game is telling you is that especially in black ops is that few will know of you but the whole free world will benefit from you. What they say to you is that, like, even when someone in the game is saying, don't take the player, don't take them, they don't know what they're doing. Someone intervenes and they say, this person is all I need on this mission. You <laughs> are all this game needed. Like, the game is constantly just like, well, you tell me, special little guy. Like, well, you, well, you tell me. You're the big strong man who's going to save us all. And it's just like this is this is what politics is now, because that's what Donald Trump does with his shithead supporters. He says, "You're so big and special. Who's a big bouncing baby boy?" They're in the mirror stage. They have <laughs> recognized themselves as the object of others' desires, and they still cannot get over the fact that mommy and daddy have other priorities besides me. And so they find a surrogate father figure who says, I love you. You're so big and beautiful. You're such a good boy. You need to go home now. But also they stole the election from me and they also stole it from you. And they are trying to steal everything from you. You're a big, beautiful boy. You should go home now and respect the law and order. They stole everything from you and we love you. Yeah, I mean, that that's exactly what he fucking said. And also, like, I... On some level, I feel kind of bad for these people because they've never really experienced, like, consequences. So when they do get those visits from the FBI that we mentioned a, a minute ago, uh, like, we're, there's going to be a parade of these fucking dipshits in cuffs, in tears, Crying. in shock yeah. that, like, a, a bad thing could happen to them. And they're going to be like, Trump, help us, pardon us. And he's going to be out of the fucking White House by then. He's not going to give a shit. He's going to be gone. Like, he's... And they're they're all just gonna be fucking up shit's creek, and uh, it's 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 gonna be grim. It's gonna be kind of funny, but it's also going to be very sad. When they started mm -hmm. moving, he instantly went the other direction, got in a car, and went straight back to the White House. Immediately, <laughs> immediately did that. Ugh. 
that's that's really the relationship that like right wing leaders always have to um, a lot of their support base. Because yeah. I mean, their real base often is, you know, other uh, members of the bourgeoisie. Yeah. But the the base that they need to have feet on the ground, uh, as 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 I said before, tends to draw from these kind of middle classes, um, who they absolutely fuck over every single time in the long run. Um, the, the same playbook always works uh for these for for any sort of like you know there's there's it's a matter of debate if you want to call trump a fascist or not but these sort of right-wing like populist uh sort of dickheads who use this kind of language where they posture as as in opposition to the current status quo while representing a lot of key elements of that status quo so as we've alluded to call of duty Black Ops, Cold War. Oh, we played yeah. it. We did. We we played it. We played. We played the Special Boy <laughs> War Crime Simulator 2020. I've talked a lot uh, so far, Kay. I'm uh, I'm curious to hear your initial thoughts on uh, on this piece. So, this game, I've. <laughs> I, I don't I don't agree with uh, a, an approach to analyzing art that would categorize art as like good or evil. Yeah. But this this game to me is the closest thing to an evil piece of art that I have ever experienced, and I, I want to explain why. Um. So uh, from the get go, obviously, you know, it's a Call of Duty game. It's a fucking Black Ops game. Kind of the the bread and butter here is uh, making the CIA look cool, but more importantly, making them look like what they're doing is good and necessary for the kind of the safety of everyone. Uh, and this is definitely no exception. Um, it, we're looking at a, a situation where millions of people are going to be nuked. And the Cold War is going to become very, very hot. That is the stakes. The, the thing that Call of Duty, the Black Ops series wants you to know is that no one has ever been able to keep track of their nukes. Everyone keeps losing <laughs> or getting their nukes stolen. It happens all the fucking time. And you should be really scared that someone is trying to steal a nuke right now because it seems to happen constantly. It happened constantly it, throughout the 20th century, apparently. It comes off <laughs> as pretty easy to do in this game which i thought was really fucking funny like it's not that hard actually um the campaign is very short the plan to get these nukes doesn't have many steps um no it's 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 fucking truly bizarre uh but yeah those are the stakes the stakes are there's nukes all over europe um that that are uh that america has put there as like some kind of a contingency uh, and a sort of rogue Soviet agent figures out how to detonate all of them at once, and he's gonna kill millions and millions of people, and it'll be terrible. So, the CIA in this does some kind of dodgy stuff, but it's always in this context where you gotta look at the big picture. Yeah, sure, we're doing the tough... Mm, pardon me. Yeah, sure. We're doing the tough things, the you know, the the dark shit, the that the civilians back home aren't ready for, you know. But it's it's to save the world, really. Um, and there's these little touches, like uh, 
they're constantly executing prisoners. That's one. There's a there's an opportunity early in the game where you can try to not murder uh, somebody you've captured, and then your uh, your handler slash squad mate Adler immediately just shoots him in the head. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, so like, if you try to not do that shit, then they'll be like, no, no, we're we we no prisoners. We're killing everyone. <laughs> um, always just maximum bloodshed and madness. Um, and and that kind of attitude where it's like our violence is always justified is really reflected back at you in uh, a sequence where you're playing through a flashback to the Vietnam War. Um, and I, I feeling we'll talk about that a little bit, but it's um. I mean, it's really bleak because you're just mowing down these incredibly stereotypical looking Vietnamese mm -hmm. people. They're wearing like, I don't even know what you call it. It's just like the, the if you were doing a racist caricature of an Asian person, they would definitely have this hat on. It's like the weird like straw or wicker hat or whatever. Imagine in this game, you're in a helicopter uh, and then they tell you, well... Uh, we've used our psychic magic powers, our magic government CIA powers, to realize that there aren't any civilians around here. Everyone is a belligerent, so kill everybody. And then all of a sudden you come up on uh, apparently Vietnamese farmers in uh, wooden boats wearing rice picker hats holding mm -hmm. RPGs. That, yeah. like, it is like, it's, it's... I thought it was one of the most disgusting things I had ever seen in a video game until your helicopter gets shot down. And in this sequence that is like so like I'm desensitized to violence. Like I've been desensitized to violence as a young person. I'm not only am I American, I like horror movies. I'm desensitized to violence. But this is maybe the most violent thing I've ever seen in a video game you're just hanging out of this crashed helicopter and just mowing down various vietnamese people who are running at you with guns and like they're like you're just like hanging out of a like a, a helicopter just just annihilating anyone who runs at you it's not like and this is all a recollection mm -hmm. like the, the 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 story of this game is it, it's set in berlin like after the Vietnam War, the first Black Ops game was set kind of straddling. The Black Ops games don't give a shit about time or setting or story or anything, really. But uh, it kind of straddled the Vietnam War and, like, I guess just the rest of the Cold War. But the rest of it, like, that didn't need to happen in this game. That was vo It was voyeurism. It was like... Well, I mean, that's that scene is especially... Uh, it's especially kind of telling of the attitude that the developers had towards these people, uh, the helicopter scene, um, yeah. because of the... There's a very inhuman way that they just swarm into this machine gun fire, like, as if they're like an, uh, like a, an alien hive mind yeah, who doesn't, like, fear death and or, like, process the... that they're running into a fucking meat grinder. They just... They just do it like that's yes. not that's not the way that humans would handle this situation it's so fucking creepy and othering uh of of a whole not just a whole people but a whole people who uh obviously the u.s has a history of strategically othering yeah i mean well i mean and <laughs> especially like if you grow up for those who uh 
Um, now that we have enough listeners to where I can get information to see that there are, we have plenty of listeners who aren't in the United States. Um, sorry if I ever essentialize anything to the U.S. I do that on accident because I'm American and we all do it. Um, and I'm sorry that none of you uh, have freedom who are listening from outside the United oh, States. That's oh, so sad. Oh, I'm not sorry. You didn't earn it. You haven't. You haven't earned it. That's true. Yet. You haven't murdered nearly enough Viet Cong I mean, uh, with a fucking helicopter-mounted gun. I mean, if like, if, if like, if we're just gonna go ahead and say, it, yeah, like, what, like, what, budding proletarian uh, Marxist revolution have you crushed today? And then I'll let you know if you have any freedom. <laughs> or not yeah yeah <laughs> N- name the top loaders. three fucking coups you've done in south america <laughs> all right pal <laughs> fake fucking freedom fake freedom uh <laughs> fake fake freedom girls you hate to see it mm-hmm. such a bummer <laughs> you, you know um the this actually reminds me of a problem this whole game has mm. um and i i would say this is kind of a problem that all of call of duty has had at least for quite a while i haven't played every single one of them it, it portrays people from the bad countries in this very, uh, it, 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 it really clings on to like a single image of them that's kind of already in the public consciousness. So in the Vietnam, uh, in Vietnam, they're like uh, 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 emotionless hordes and fucking rice picker hats. Uh, and then you go to East Germany and it's the whole place is just like spotlights and Stasi. <laughs> it's like an impossible amount of fucking checkpoints and secret police everywhere. They had zero homelessness in East Germany, okay? How do you think you got it? Just by constantly shining light on the street all the time so no one can sleep. And that made all those yeah. freeloaders get up and get a job. That's how they, <laughs> that's how they did it. If you don't, Kay, yeah. if you don't know history, I can't help you understand this game. <laughs> no, it's complete. It's so like it's it's un- and all the Soviets in general. They they're all there's constantly this terrible running like commentary from the people you're doing missions with, like from the Robert Redford like in a wood chipper knockoff guy or the other the other guy in in the Soviet missions. But like the that they are portrayed as like. The most bumbling it is at one point the, the, when you get into the main frame computer by the way uh, <laughs> you're on a mission <laughs> to go find the main for you literally hack the main frame love to hack the main frame like the the pa- there's a pat it's password protected of course and the password is written on a sticky note on the computer like that is how the like like the mainframe computer with all the super communism secrets, all the super nuclear weapons, yeah, like was they're so stupid that they wrote the password. You know, not only did they put it on a computer in one place, but they wrote a password and on a sticky note and stuck it there. Um, or the password yeah. was Gorbachev, and they drew a picture of Gorbachev. I can't remember, but like, I th- I th- there was a picture of him. I'm pretty sure. Um, the password. Uh was probably in russian i'm just going to assume that the password was lenin is cool 69 69 yeah yeah lenin uh the uh, but the eyes are exclamation points to get through the authenticators i mean you need you need that high password strength for for something of this severity of course a a special a special character kate now we have to go change all the passwords on the podcast stuff fuck shit 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 (sighs) nobody your joke nobody hack us don't (laughs) This is live, so everyone heard <laughs> yeah. that. So now I have to go click, click, type. 
See, I'm hacking the mainframe and cha okay, I fixed it. I changed it. Yeah, I mean that's about as long as it took in game, so I, <laughs> I think that checks out. It's very realistic. No, it's it's so fucking funny how easy everything is in this game. It's so easy to hack the Russians. It's so easy to get the fucking nuke codes. Like it's a joke. Oh, one of my favorite parts is when they introduce the uh, heavy unit that you have to kill through grenades or stun grenades or headshots. It's like they oh, yeah. they introduce it like you're fighting like fucking Bebop and Rocksteady. Um, we got a score to settle with you little twipes. It's so yeah. weird to be like, oh no, there's a new boss fight in this war. Like, like <laughs> video games are terrible. Why did we ever make yeah. that? Why did we let them exist? It was so weird. It's so fucking... It, the weirdest thing in the world is just be like, oh no, look, it's the heavy. It's like... It's like... What is this game? Is this Ninja Turtles? I'm amazed that he didn't have a glowing fucking I, weak point. It was really, one step away from that. Really should have, and you had to do a, a whatever the button pressing sequence things they make you do nowadays to a oh a quick, quick time, time event. event. Yeah. yeah. Um. There's one other uh item, uh in my overall case that I'm building for this game being like genuinely fucking horrendous that I really want to talk about. Um. So I, uh, some viewers will already know, I am non-binary, and that is uh, a thing where you get pretty used to just kind of being ignored by video games, and it's, it's fine, but not this game. Not Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. No, in this game... <laughs> In this game, you can be non-binary. In this game, Ronald Reagan will respect your pronouns and call you they. The CIA, the CIA will call you they. And there's two big things that I want to say about that. Uh, the first is that it's so fucking, it's such grotesque pinkwashing uh, that it, I'm disgusted to, to in some incredibly indirect way even be associated with it like this. Um, and I, I think that this is going to be the future of how pro, like, Western imperialism uh, media works, because as, as socially things are getting to a point where gay and trans people are, are uh, allowed into these institutions, such as the military that they, and, and intelligence that, that perhaps they hadn't been in the past, that's just going to be used to to try to sell liberals on like our moral superiority it's like it's going to work too it it's it's been working for israel like the the their whole thing is like oh look at these like fucking savage socially conservative arab countries like we you know we we're so cool we're so fucking lgbt inclusive so you know and we're just fucking doing war crimes don't sweat it cuz it's actually liberation yeah um, and that's, that's really how this feels. And it honestly, the other big thing about it is, is that it made me feel fucking sick to my stomach because, because I'm, I'm seeing my like identity being used in this way to try to like, uh, make basically, I, I mean, this is a game where you play as like some of the worst fucking people on the planet. Like you go from war crimes in Vietnam 
to uh fucking murdering uh communists in um in East Germany and then in Russia and then in Cuba um your squad mates are frequently just being like fuck yeah we fucking love killing communists they're such pieces of shit it's so cool to do murders we're fucking executing prisoners and shit like these are monsters um but it, it's I, I don't know i don't know it's just it really it 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 created this really fucked up feeling because there's points in the game where they call you they and i had this horrible realization that like i think this is the first fucking like voice acted game where that was even a thing that i've ever played and the most horrible moment in that game for me, and the reason that I, I, I think this game is fucking disgusting, is that it felt kind of nice. While I was being used, basically, as, as this avenue to fucking pinkwash war crimes, I also felt, like, included in a way that I never have before. And that's really fucking bleak. And I would rather that these sick fucks never ever ever even look at me let alone include me in their garbage video games i'm just i'm deeply disturbed by the entire experience and i i don't know i just want to if there's one thing i want to do with my life it's try to fucking get people to not be fooled by that shit yeah it's a it's a useful project because the the saddest part about it is that you can tell this is the indication we have for people outside of the gender binary have entered the mainstream conversation to where like it's not just like hey for those who don't know me i am a queer i am a gay um i'm cisgendered but um it's not just like us in queer spaces and even some people are not in queer spaces who don't give a shit about non-binary people but regardless like it's not just us talking about you know uh, the fact that non-binary people exist anymore it's moved into a larger mainstream conversation and the way that yeah you can measure that is it's captivation it, it, it's it, it being held captive in sort of the ca the popular imaginary is through this this basically which is just like again just like you, you did it we, we made it Yay. Yeah, it's it's a mainstream enough idea that it can be in a Call of Duty game, which is um. Uh, again, like there's this there is this part of of your brain when you play something like that. It's 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 nice, kind of like those little fucking hollow inclusions can feel so substantial when you never even get that. It's so fucking disingenuous is the thing. And I mean, that's also part of why it's so funny, because it is funny to have fucking Ronald Reagan respecting your pronouns and these like super jingoistic fucking CIA psychos just not even thinking twice and being like, yeah, they no problem. Say they motherfucker. Say yeah. they. Yeah. Like, that's very funny because these are people who definitely would have hate crimed you, <sighs> um, uh, you know, especially at that time mm -hmm. uh, immediately. Um, so like, it's funny, but also it's this dangerous historical revisionism. It, it honestly kind of reminds me of, um, the musical Hamilton. It's kind yeah. of like the, I mean, that's a whole can of worms in and of itself, but it's, it's very much this like liberal, this liberal reimagining of, of things. Like what if we took this very like terrible, 
group of people or terrible period, but just like made it woke. <laughs> what, Wouldn't that just what if be the what if the son hog? of a, a Dutch bourgeois colonial traders wore a woke POC? Yeah, I mean that's about as fucking historically accurate as like yeah, Ronald Reagan will respect that you're non-binary, no problem. They're, like it's, it's a fucking absurd idea. It's really, really similar. It's really, really similar. Um, I have to avoid yeah. going into Hamilton stuff because boy, the yeah. Let's Hamilton let's not stuff. get too sidetracked. Um, I just think that there's a comparison there, um, and I think that that indicates this kind of new popular way of doing historical fiction yeah. that I'm finding very fucking disturbing because like you know on the one hand you can absolutely say yeah of course you know Call of Duty's not meant to be like history obviously you know you shouldn't be coming to it for a history education but the fact remains that millions of people are going to play this and that's probably millions more than are going to actually learn about the cold war so they used reagan's inauguration speech in the introduction to the game is reagan's inauguration speech it's the same like like the same speech that we've heard a bazillion times you like yeah it's, tr it's true they're not trying to do history they're not trying to but like no one like a lot of people don't try and do history that's what being a historic that's what having historical agency is so they don't realize it but they are reconstructing the way that we conceptualize these events. And they are just like like every other... It's just an action movie. It's every other action movie that's just like, we have to save the president and his, his daughter because they've been kidnapped by the Iranians. It's a, it's a Mad Lib-like... It's it's Homefront the Revolution. I've been playing that game recently. That's maybe Oh my god. Homefront is fucked up. <laughs> it's it's like so bad. Like it may be worse than this game, but I don't know. Um it's but it 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 is just this like it's absolute nonsense and the whole time basically what they're saying is you can do war crimes, it's okay because you love America and you love freedom. <laughs> And so don't worry. Yeah, I mean, if you love it. freedom, then it's not a war crime. So yeah, exactly. Like you had, like, if a tree falls in the forest, does anyone hear it? If if a war if a war crime happens by a freedom loving freedom person, is it even a war crime? I mean, these are the questions that we need to ask. This is important. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's it, it it's so clearly like planting itself in a historical time and place because like perseus obviously isn't real but like the vietnam war is real the cold war is real fucking eastern europe the soviet union you know the shit the cia was doing fucking mk ultra like that made your character i don't think people appreciate how many ideas about history and e about about anything, but history is just kind of what we're talking about, are, are affected by, like, the media that we watch. Because um, there's certain narratives that are so prevalent in all fucking shows and games and TV... Sh uh, not... I said TV shows twice. Uh, the other ones. Movies. Yeah, that's the ones. That they just become fact, even though, like, that's just, you know, fucking screenwriters are the only people who've written these things in any serious way. Uh, and a lot of those things, you will notice, have to do with uh, socialism. Yeah. I mean, it, in general, problematizing the culture that you see is is good and helpful, uh, but not in... It's not good and helpful to go into 
a rabbit hole around that particular cultural object. And by that, I mean, I'm, I'm someone who, get, who very hones in on part of the reason why I like studying cultures, because I kind of get, I kind of get, you know, frantically obsessive, like, you know, phases to where I just, I, I, I just can't, I, I, I'm, ob- I'm obsessed with understanding the highway of death in the, in the Gulf War. I want to know everything about the one road that led from Kuwait to Iraq um, that experienced, like, you know, so much violence, you know, in, like, 1990, but, like, mm-hmm. and then came back in in 2003. Or like, but what I need to, what's important here, it comes back to what we were talking at the beginning, and we did a really good full circle here, which is that, like, the reason why the highway of death matters in the context of the Gulf War is because the Gulf War matters. Um, the reason why Call of Duty and these cultural objects that we see in video games, popular culture, we, we talk about big games here. Kay and I were talking about, we play smaller games too. We do all kinds of stuff. But like the reason why talking about this stuff matters is the bigger picture, which is how is Call of Duty reflective of our contemporary moment and how are people using cultural objects like Call of Duty to dictate the conversation? And how, that's, how does that affect the way that people see themselves, their position in the world, or how you know, government works, like any number of things. So you know, I just don't want anyone to get too into the weeds because if you just go and learn, you, know, you should go learn about how fucked up Call of Duty is. Go read about all the Black Ops games. But what matters here is the stuff that we've been you know, to to purposefully pat ourselves on the back as the as the only <laughs> the greatest and only podcast about video games. That's um, true. Only one. Yes. Uh, what what we've managed to do, I think, throughout this episode is tie these threads back to the original point, which is that people, the realm of culture, has such importance in our atomized, deindustrialized moment that we, it's it's good to be fluent in this, but in, in such a way to where we can use it to make critique and and draw um draw the eye toward the contradictions in our contemporary moment um Mm -hmm. it's a it's a good thing but uh, cultural criticism only matters insofar as how we're able to leverage it toward you know something bigger unless you just want to you know and i I don't i i I really don't mean this in a bad way unless you just kind of want to jerk off about some culture i like doing that but uh, at the end of the day, I think this is a this is what's really important. Did you say jerk off? I swear I didn't do that on purpose. I swear, <laughs> I swear I didn't do that on purpose. God, man, something possessed me and just gave me the words because yeah, I think that's the perfect segue. Kay, why don't you uh, you want to introduce um, our incredible. Uh, bastard of the week segment yes oh my god do i ever hold on i'm just going and finding the article again because i foolishly did not have it open here we go okay so um faithful devout loyal listeners who deserve rights Mm -hmm. uh unlike the others uh who uh, listen to Yes, exactly. Who listen to every episode uh, will remember from the previous episode us talking about the 100 Thieves sort of coom uh, dungeon uh, the sponsored by Totino's. My God, I'm so happy 
to share the news with you, uh, everyone, that uh, it, we've just learned that Fortnite developer Epic Games has just bought a North Carolina mall for its new headquarters. You know what that fucking means. The J-Off facility is, we made it, we did it. We did it. We made it happen. The, the Fortnite Jack-Off facility is, is going to happen uh, by 2024. There will mm-hmm. be a, I have their, oh, I have their press release. Um, yeah, okay. Epic says the site will include recreational and office space for jizzing in. All, Customized, all for jizzing. Actually, this is an important quote. Uh, they say it will be customized from the ground up to accommodate its long-term growth. Huh? <laughs> uh, so you, you can do your business jizzing or your leisure jizzing. Just everyone, everyone has a place to jack off, no matter why you're there. All you gotta do is go down to the to the Fortnite jack off facility sponsored by Totino's Pizza Rolls, and like just like just go just go to town because to be quite frank god bless us everyone um of course this is happening my goodness i love it i'm i'm so excited for the fortnite fap alcazar uh, i can't wait <laughs> i can't wait until it's open we're definitely gonna have to have an episode about it when that happens because i'm sure yes. it's gonna be as fucking bleak as the 100 thieves one uh, maybe more bleak because Epic has a shit ton of money behind it. Uh, I'm excited for what bizarre uh, sponsors they're gonna have. I want to say Raytheon. That's my prediction. <laughs> the, 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 like, I I'm going to need to reserve a cell in the Raytheon Jackoff Panopticon that's going to appear in Cary, North Carolina, sometime around 2024, because like. I mean, if I'm going to go out in this terrible world, I need to see this. I need to know what ha- like okay, so if anyone wants to in 4 years pay me to go report on the Jackoff facility, I am I am an academic who has no reporting experience, but I will do it for very little money because I I think I'm starting to believe in like individual destiny and I think I found mine. I need to see. <laughs> I need to know. Like, I think I found. Like, you know, I, I, I have, I have academic projects or whatever. I think I finally actually found the real project of my work, which is to, just to learn everything, about this magnificent piece of architecture. I can't believe. It, of course, it's going in a former mall. That's like of course, such. It has such, to. That's just like a. Ugh. That's metaphor is so heavy handed. It's too heavy handed for fiction. It's so. It's funny. beautiful. I I will not be offering to go report on it because I am going to be booking the Jackoff Panopticon uh, that we mentioned because I, I can't come unless I'm being surveilled. Uh, so it's yeah, it, it uh, 2024 is it's still going to be a long wait. So uh, I'm going to be in there for a while when the we, when the day comes. We we will be edging for four years um, <laughs> in until, preparation in preparation for the magnificent <laughs> magnificent structure. It's the like, it's like oh god, it's uh, maybe I shouldn't do that. I was gonna pe- compare it to the Palazzo de Civita Italia, that big fascist move, uh, brick building, <laughs> that block building that's in uh, a bunch of. It's in fucking Fellini movies and shit. 
god. It's just like... What if it looked like that? I mean, like, what <laughs> if it looked... What, what are they going to do to this mall to make it Fortnite-themed? And, like, how can I help? Like, are they taking suggestions? Are they taking artists to decorate the building? Like, what what dance are the Fortnite characters going to be doing on the on the mall building? <laughs> like, well, I'm gonna decorate the building, all right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> paint the paint the paint crew. Oh, <laughs> oh man, this rocks! I love this. I hope that every company opens one of these fucking hell dungeons. It's gonna rock. It's just this like. If it, like I, I I do like to say I the future is gonna be completely fucked no matter what so we might as well get the funniest version this is the funniest version please do more of this oh like, yeah see this is this is what people need to understand the dystopia we're spiraling towards is going to be very very funny yeah. and that's that's what's up that's why we started this podcast because as people <laughs> who compulsively make jokes all the time. We are going to be inevitably the court jesters of the future, and hopefully that can give us a little bit of penance so we can keep making this podcast about jacking mm-hmm. off in Fortnite. Because, like, my goodness. Like, put me... Like, does everyone remember 15 years ago on Twitter when we were talking about the salmon tube? Like, that fish tube that transports fish, like, over dams or whatever, and everyone was saying... Oh, fuck put, yeah! Put me in the fish tube. Put me in the fort. Put me in the Fortnite jack-off facility. Put me in, coach. I'm ready. Like, <laughs> oh, epic games indeed. Epic games indeed. God. That rules. What is going to happen to this town? How big is Cary, North Carolina to where they can fit all of the Fortnite players in the world? Oh my, you know how, like, in small towns that have a Walmart, you'll go there and there'll be, like, old dudes who'll be like, I used to own a tailor shop down the street but now i'm a fucking walmart greeter it's gonna be like that but they're all gonna be fucking like shitty fortnite streamers it's gonna be like a <laughs> bunch of fucking old men who should be retired fucking <laughs> in the little like oh. streaming prison cells like the hundred thieves one has oh oh okay yeah yeah yeah. carrie's big carrie's carrie's big but this is still gonna happen because inevitably yeah. like well you you see what happened to seattle and amazon there's like I posted it in a video one time. They they are taking it over like a fungus. Like eventually all mm-hmm. of Cary, North Carolina, which is I'm am relearning part sort of of like the the research triangle in North Carolina, their bigger metropolitan areas with Duke and uh, Chapel Hill and stuff and NC State. Like like those universities are going to become. It's going to be North Carolina Fort Fortnite State University, like. Like they're like, they're going like I always say that eventually I like I went into academia just so I can eventually teach at the University of Burger King because it's gonna happen, and this is it's gonna be so funny, and it's yeah, the, all we're gonna have. Hopefully, Amazon by then has figured out a way to transfer that. I know Jeff Bezos wants to to transfer feelings into money, because if so, <laughs> then our laughter is going to fund the revolution. Oh my god, that'd be great. I got, I've got a lot of feelings, uh, quite a lot of mirth, I would say, uh, <laughs> at this point. Um, I know that we're doing these in the bastard segment, but I almost don't want to say fuck you in the in our customary way because I just, I'm so happy that this exists, even though it is a beacon of evil and and destruction in this world. It's st- and, like- uh, 
It is a parasite that will eat alive uh, its host city. Because, like, what else? What else was it? What else was it gonna be? Just like another like, like Coke Industries town, like K State, like a Kansas State University, which is like a whole bunch of Coke money. What? What are they gonna do? Make another George Mason University and do a bunch? Do a Coke Brothers thing? No, I want the Fortnite jackoff facility instead. This natural gas and all of this boring old capitalist bullshit. No, give me microtransaction USA. Like, <laughs> this is so stupid. I just, like, just it's, just, it's the least that this fucked up hellscape could do for uh, the gamer class is make something as unbelievably ridiculous as this. Yeah, listen, I've been on an oil rig. No e-girls. What's the fucking <laughs> point? What's the fucking point? Waste of time, waste of life. Get into the fucking Epic Games jack-off emporium, okay? Which way, Western man? Which way, Which Western? Way? <laughs> All right. I think that's enough of that. I think that's enough of this whole podcast business, unless there's anything else you want to say. No, just uh, don't play Call of Duty. Just oh, don't. Oh, do not. Just don't play it. God. Jesus, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't play it. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to say about it. I feel like there's so much to say that I can't even. I think remember it. You know, I think we should. I actually had a thought about this, and I'll cut this out. But uh, um, once I get this fucking magazine piece done, um. We should do something. We should do like a stream or something and keep talking about Call of Duty. Because I think, uh, um, one, again, goodwill with editors is absolute currency and they are my friends, but still. Um, right. And also, I think it'd be like, I think people are going to. I think this is a good episode. I think people are going to like it. I think they're going to. I think it's a conversation worth continuing, personally, because there's. God, there's so much to talk about. We didn't even get into just like real clandestine operations like yeah <laughs> but uh yeah well i think the only thing is left is to plug our shit okay you want to plug your shit yeah i'll plug my shit uh you can find me on the twitter at k and skittles uh, you can also find me on the YouTubes uh, under the same name. I make video essays. I am currently uh, working on one about the police, the big piggly wigglies. Um, that'll be done, yeah, at some point this month. Uh, probably by the time this episode comes out, we'll be pretty close to it. Probably. And uh, yeah, I, I stream video game uh, because I I am not free of sin uh, uh, on Twitch every weekend as well, uh, and of course I'm K and Skittles on there. Uh, check out K's video about Sting, Stuart Copeland, and Andy Summers when it comes out. Um, I will also, <laughs> hey, hey, police joke. Um, <laughs> I will also probably around the time when this episode is coming out ha have a video coming out about No Man's Sky. 
um, the the No Man's Sky video is no longer the No Man's Sky videos uh, because I've been working on it and I figured out some workarounds. So you can find me at Labor Kyle on everything. I tweet plenty. I have YouTube's. I also Twitch streams, and I'm probably on something else that I forgot about. I mean, at this point, come on, right? <laughs> Patreon, I guess. When did we become so fucking busy? This is fucked. Yep. Too many things. Too many things. I have like six email addresses. So, yeah, send us emails to all six of our email addresses. Yeah. Uh, uh, sign up to both of our Patreons. Uh, send us sort of assorted cakes and biscuits yeah treats uh, in and the mail desserts. some water yeah we, we, yeah we need water we <laughs> we've become incredibly dehydrated we're very we send thirsty water. we've been playing call uh, of duty <laughs> water <laughs> medicine you know whatever you can spare Ra food ra food rations for the gamers yeah. <laughs> it's a war zone over here yeah as much mountain dew as you can as you can smuggle in <laughs> That's really what will unite us, the the, uh, the old trades classes and the gamer class, is our love of Mountain Dew. It's the only continuity in my entire life. is from my father, who got hooked on Mountain Dew working construction, passing that off to his gamer dork academic son. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's the circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I think we nailed it. Yeah, uh fuck Activision Blizzard and uh have a have a great day everyone. Bye. Have a, have a great evening. Well, now they're not going to know if they're meant to have a great day or a great evening. You're going to lead them down a path of uncertainty and, and destruction. All gamers are bastards. Ah, ravioli. Ah, mamma mia.